everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the post-game show after Germany's big 5-2 victory over Italy. For those of you hoping that uh, Germany would come out a little sharper, that they would play a little bit more intense, that they would have a lot more energy, I think you got what you wanted. Uh, Germany was just thoroughly dominant from start to finish in this match, even though the final score may indicate it was a 5-2 decision in Germany's favor. It was really a knockout. Uh, the two Italy goals were just a result of some sloppy play uh, late in the game. And uh, really, they weren't indicative of how strong Manuel Neuer was in this match. And we'll talk about him in a little bit. But man, what a tremendous effort from Germany. What a tremendous effort from Neuer. And you can't really say enough good things about the way Germany played in this match. So let's take a look at how things shook out the way they did by going down the score sheet. And what I can tell you is 10 minutes into the match, you already knew that Germany was on point. They had come out uh, extremely fast, extremely intense. And there was just a, a, a really just a visceral energy emitting from them. You could see how into it they were. And, and it showed in the way they played. Of course, Italy, I don't want to, to, to knock it and act like this was France or Croatia or someone. Italy was not on its game. They're playing with a makeshift lineup. They did not look confident. They did not look organized. It's a shame because when you think about where they were for the Euros and how good they were in that tournament to lose so many key players, either by retirement or injury, uh, this is not the same Italian side. In fact, this is more of a patchwork unit just trying to to really be a band-aid until Germany can get help I'm mean, until Italy can get healthy and really put together a a better more competent squad but Germany can only play who's in front of them and Germany took care of business in the 10th minute uh, after just a tremendous play that included uh, a nice lofted pass from Nicholas Sula to Timo Werner in the box Werner settled it uh, dropped it off to David Rahm, who found a streaking in Joshua Kimmich. Kimmich made a late run into the box. No one picked him up, and he deposited the ball into the back of the net. 1-0 early on for Germany. And just, ah, you just have to say, at this point, you knew things were, were looking good. And throughout the rest of the half, Germany was strong, strong, strong. They just looked so good, and eventually they would break through again. In the fourth minute of extra time in the first half, Jonas Hoffman was shoved down in the box. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan stepped to the penalty marker and deposited, deposited the ball nicely into the net. I will say this about Gundogan on that shot. It, he kind of got lucky because I don't think he hit it with all that much authority and, and the, uh, the placement wasn't great, but it worked. So Germany went into halftime up 2-0. Italy was a mess. They had already had a couple of injuries. They were subbing. <laughs> Very early on, it was it was a mess. It was it really like you know, I don't really take pity on too many opponents, but they did not look good or organized or even ready to play this match. And it's just really not uh, the Italy side that we've been used to seeing in recent years. So um, you know, it, it was it was a little difficult to watch them kind of scramble and scuffle to get things together. But again, early in the second half, Germany struck after a bit of a scramble. Thomas Muller got the Thomas Mullerist of goals. Uh, ball popped out to him at the upper end of the box, and no one was on him. Gianluigi Donnarumma was not in position to make a stop, and Muller just rifled a shot into the net. 
Uh, right place, right time for Thomas Muller. He seems to have a knack for that. Strong performance overall from Muller, and uh, the goal really capped it off for him. We did start then to see uh, Hansi Flick go to his bench. Serge Gnabry came in for Jonas Hoppen in the 64th minute. But in the 68th minute, I think we all know what time it was. Of course, it was hashtag Timo time. Werner had two goals in two minutes. Uh, the first one was just spectacular. It was uh, a tic-tac-toe passing. Serge Gnabry sent a ball across the face of the goal mouth and Timo slid into it, deposited back in the second goal in the 69th minute was really nice. Uh, Werner uh, was pressing the goalkeeper. There was a turnover and right back to Werner from Gnabry once again, and Werner deposited that into the back of the net. Germany was up five nil at that point. Everyone was rolling. You would have thought like the victory celebration would have started, but unfortunately Germany did suffer a couple of letdowns in the 75th minute. Jamal Musiala came on for Thomas Muller. Lucas Nemecha came on for Timo Werner. And I think the intensity dropped a little bit at that point. Of course it was a five nil game and the guys on the pitch were all looking to get theirs at that point. I think they started taking some unnecessary risks, uh, some gambles. And I think that, uh, at this point, uh, Germany just got a little bit undisciplined, and I'm sure Hansi Flick will address that. I am positive he wasn't happy with that. Uh, but we did also see uh, Italy start to come to life a little bit. Uh, in the 78th minute, of course, not long after the substitution occurred, Wilfred Gnato uh, struck once again. He, uh, this is his second goal of the UEFA Nations League, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe the second one against Germany. Uh, so he came in, got, uh, I shouldn't say came in, but he was in the match and really as a young player uh, is getting some invaluable experience. Even if Italy is struggling, he was able to get Italy on the board. Uh, it was really a shame because Neuer had played so well up to that point. He still played well. I mean, it was, it was again, a defensive breakdown, maybe a little bit of laziness, Maybe uh, just a little bit of uh, being too lax in that situation for Germany on the back line. But made it 5-1 in the 87th minute. We saw Jonathan Ta come on for Nicolas Sula. In the 88th minute, we saw Anton Stasch come on for Ilkay Gunduan. Uh, in the fourth minute of extra time, Italy did get on the board once again. Uh, funny enough, it was Alessandro Bastoni who had been linked to Bayern Munich uh, among other teams, also uh, a couple of teams in Syria. But uh, Bastoni is one of the good young defenders for Italy, did not have a great game today, but got himself on the score sheet uh, very late in the match. Uh, he's a promising young center back, but today was, was absolutely not the day for Italy's defense. So uh, that is how the match would end. And uh, like I said at the beginning of this, if you want to take positives out of this and there were a lot you could take one that germany was thoroughly dominant they looked great from start to finish it was the energy and the intensity that wasn't always there during this international break uh that really showed up today and i felt like germany looked more lively they looked more into it than they had in the previous few matches i think that there was messaging before the game from hansi flick that he wants to finish this round of games strong and i think Germany was able to come out and do just that. 
obviously, by when you look at the score. But uh, there were a couple of things that I noticed uh, throughout the match that I felt like uh, were big factors. And I'm going to hit the positive things first. Obviously, Flick started a lineup using a back four. I think Germany looked a little more comfortable that way. They looked a lot more fluid. And even in the beginning of the match, while they didn't score a ton, they were getting good opportunities. They just weren't making good on all of them. And uh, it was refreshing to see that this Germany side was attacking relentlessly and pushing forward and not stopping. And we even saw some good moments from Leroy Sané early in the match. Now, Sané has been in a funk uh, in many ways, not just for country, but for club. He has not been able to get off the schneid and he's not really played all that well. He was a little better today because he played with a little more urgency, a little more energy, but he made some poor decisions on and off the ball. He forced some things. Uh, his passing wasn't great. There's something not right with him. And I can't pinpoint if he's just in his own head, if there's some physical flaw that he has not been able to correct, something mechanical. I, I don't know, but he doesn't look like the same player that we saw in the first half of last season for Bayern Munich. Uh, and while I'll say again, it was a better effort. It still wasn't great. And I think that's something that is alarming, uh, not just for Germany fans, but for Bayern fans. I think that there's a lot going on around the situation at Bayern Munich that's probably weighing on him a bit, um, you know, when the club is looking at bringing in Sadio Mane. uh, That's something that I could see affecting a player like Leroy Sané. Uh, when you already have Kingsley Coman, who we we saw has been labeled as untouchable for Bayern Munich, when you have Serge Gnabry also there competing for time, when you have Jamal Musiala, who's a player who can fill a number of different roles in the mix as well. Uh, I would imagine that Sané is probably surveying the field here, looking at his club position and, and might not be so sure that he's going to be uh, getting the same amount of playing time that he did this season. So I wouldn't discount that that is bothering him, but all that said, he has to be a little bit better than he was today. When he's on, he is a tremendous player. He is a player that is dynamic and can change the game, but he hasn't looked like that in a very long time now. So very interested to see how the rest of the summer plays out for Sané, how he comes back in the camp for Bayern Munich and, and, and what kind of form he's in because Once you enter one of these funks, it's really on you to get out of it. And right now he is slumping in a bad way and he's got to find his own way to battle out of it. No one can really help him do that. Uh, Otherwise, uh, we we touched on it earlier, but Manuel Neuer was just a, a beast. He was really just tremendous. One great save after another throughout the match. It's really astounding that he's still doing this at this stage of his career. He was that good today, and I I don't know how our match awards will shake out just yet. Uh, Even though he gave up two goals, I would say that that Neuer would have to be a major contender for the uh, Meister of the match, just because he was, in my eyes, that good today. Uh, You know, obviously, when Timo Werner scores two goals, Germany's going to win. (laughs) We know that. but I was very encouraged by some things. I think if, if you asked Werner and he answered honestly, he'd probably say he should have walked out of that game with five. So his efficiency rate in his scoring still has to get better. Uh, the good thing is he is creating these chances. He is getting in the positions to make plays. If he can get his efficiency to be just a little bit better, I think that he could be that dynamic force at the top of the formation 
that Germany needs. And I don't think they're going to play a traditional style. Like we might see Bayern play with Robert Lewandowski or Real Madrid with Karim Benzema, where you're going to have that one striker that you're looking for, that you're trying to feed all the time. Werner has done a lot of good things, I would say, of late. One of the best things that he has done is being able to meld into that offensive unit, to use the space that he's given, to to float to different positions on the field. And it's not just his scoring in how he's contributing. He's He's making good passes. He's making smart decisions. And he's just creating enough chaos with his runs to keep defenders on their toes. And when they're focusing on Timo Werner because they don't want Timo Werner to run by them, it opens a lot of things up for the midfielders, which if you look at today, uh, you know, we saw Thomas Muller score as, as a 10. We saw Joshua Kimmich score from a central midfield role. You know, Ilkay Gundogan had the PK that was, you know, obviously drawn by Jonas Hoffman, but still the kinds of space that we're seeing created by Germany's speed and athleticism up front, and whether you have Werner, Kai Havertz, Serge Gnabry, Leroy Sané, uh, just about any of those players, those four players, especially because they are, all, are, they are all exceptionally quick. They are opening space for those midfielders like Thomas Muller, like Joshua Kimmich, like Leon Goretzka to drop in and score. And I think that's something that you really can't discount. And while they don't have that Robert Lewandowski-esque striker, uh, they have enough good attacking pacey forwards that it is opening up space. And I think that that pace and that speed and that athleticism between Werner, Sané, Gnabry, and Havertz and, and a couple of other players, I think you can put the pressure on good defenders like France has. You can put pressure on good defenders like Croatia or England have and make those teams panic and open up that space for the midfielders to come in and contribute. So like I said, is, is you might not get the traditional look that you want from this Germany side, but they are doing some good things and they are functioning in a way that shows they might be a serious contender at the end of the year for the world cup. Uh, just a couple of other things. It was good to see some of the younger players or maybe not even young as much as newer players get involved in the match. But uh, aside of that, you have to say that Jonas Hoffman, every time that he takes the pitch for Germany, is helping his own case. If there is any player that has just done a ton to help his situation with Germany and increasing his chance of making the World Cup roster, it's Hoffman. He went from a guy that regularly wasn't being included in the squad to someone who now it's pretty hard to think about taking him out of the starting 11. So Hoffman continued his good run. Uh, did not get on the scoreboard today, but had a couple of good opportunities, made some good runs, drew the PK, of course. He uh, he has been a dynamic player, and the fact that he can fill in it right back or he can play right wing or in the central midfield, you're getting the kind of player that Hansi Flick loves, and I think Hoffman himself is uh, would should feel pretty confident about where he's at. Defensively, of course, you know, Germany did let in two goals, but – by and large, they were very good. I think Rudiger and Sula worked well together. Lucas Klosterman, I thought, had a good game. I thought David Rahm had a good game. I think that that back four is really solid. Um, you know, when you have another younger guy like Nico Schlotterbeck in the mix, you have a couple of options of players you can use in the outside back positions. Um, you know, it gives Hansi Flick options, but I did like what I saw from uh, that back four today, and I think that might be a good way to move forward because I think Klosterman does help balance out David Rom. Rom loves to get forward and get into the box 
and make plays that way. But Klosterman is a little more conservative. And while he can get up the field, he does tend to lay back. It gives a nice balance to what Germany is doing defensively. And I think it, it, it did help out. Now, aside of the, the last minute breakdowns that occurred, Germany was very, very good. So overall, I'm, I'm ecstatic about what I saw. The energy level was great. The intensity was great. Germany was dominant. And if you can't look at this match and feel positive about it, then you're a curmudgeon. All right. I might be as pessimistic as anybody, but I like what I saw today. I think Hansi Flick's imprint on this team is just, it's been unbelievable. And his effect is just growing and growing. And this team looks confident. They look assured. And this is not a look that we saw under Yogi Love. So this is now officially Hansi Flick's team. And whatever we saw with the draws that occurred, I'm chalking that up to experimenting with things, trying out some different alignments, trying out different formations and personnel combinations. I'm not worried about it at all. This Germany team is looking good. This is the best they have looked since what? 2014, 2015, maybe 2016, they had some good moments, but this is it. This is really good right now. So I'm happy with what I saw, and I'm very excited to see where this team is headed. That's all I got for today. So you can always get me on Twitter at the Barrel Block and get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Tom at Tommy Adam 71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get Samarin and Schnitzel on our site, and you can get Teddy as well. I didn't forget you, Teddy. Um, and as always, check our site for the game coverage. We'll have our initial analysis, our match awards, and our observations. So you're going to get the full gamut of everything and how we covered the match. And as you know, every day after, we have the aftermath of the match. So you'll get that in the Daily Schmacko tomorrow. So check it all out. Enjoy the coverage. Thank you for listening. It's greatly appreciated. And we will see you next time.